Welcome to the VP Live Network. Your 30-second countdown has begun. This show is intended for adults of legal smoking age, and as such, the content is not intended for viewers and listeners under the age of 18. Vapor's Place is in no way responsible for the opinions of any host on the VP Live Network. Please grab a vape, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hi. How is everybody? Uh, let me see what's going on. Do, 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 do. Is that better? Hopefully, all you wonderful people have decent audio coming through. Um, <laughs> how is everybody? It. I have to tell you, um, last week, it was so freaking cold here that I had a blanket on sitting on my couch yes so i told everybody just to damn stufu and they finally did and it has been almost 90 the last two days it is nice and toasty i'm not complaining because pretty soon the leaves are going to turn and that is going to make me very unhappy um, I do have to tell you that I will not be sad when my tomatoes stop growing. I'm really sick of tomatoes. Um, tonight, we are very lucky. Erin uh, Biebert from A Billion Lives is going to be back in here with us again to give us an update. Hi, Erin. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Very well. You have got to be Hi. exhausted. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I've been uh, doing the uh, the 4 a.m. Uh, bedtimes, and uh, yeah, actually, I'm at the studio right now where we're we're uh, just taking a little break from editing here for the show, and uh, was just uh, doing the just actually watching uh, some of Han Lick's interview where he was explaining um, how he invented the e-cigarette stuff. Yeah, lots of exciting things going on, but yes, very exhausting. <laughs> how how did you manage an interview with Han Lick? <laughs> well, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy because as you probably are aware, there's just, he's kind of a mysterious guy who nobody really ever seems to be interviewing too much. Um, and we kind of got, kind of got lucky with, um, some folks at the uh, Global Forum for Nicotine who helped make an introduction and um, get it, put us together um, over in Europe. So yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, not uh, yeah. We were looking all over for him, trying to you know trying to find where he was. No one seemed to know where he was. They thought he was in Amsterdam. They thought he was in Hong Kong. They thought he was <laughs> all over the place. But yeah, we actually actually found him in Poland. So. <laughs> Yes. And you guys have been all over. Yes. Yeah, in fact, well, the last trip that we made over to Europe, we were in Ireland, the the UK, France, uh, and Belgium, all in all in about a week. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of quick moving, a lot of different places. So, you know, when we travel around the, the U.S., it was uh, very similar as far as just trying to get to different places to get some of our scheduled interviews and get shots of the rest of the stuff as well at the same time. So yeah, it's uh, been pretty crazy. My last month I was only home for about a week. <laughs> and you have a family so, yeah. too. Yep. Yep. I got, I have yeah, two little kids and a, and a wife. Luckily uh, my wife is, is also a filmmaker and actually works with our group. So she's one of the, uh, one of the editors and also does um, some production design and some of the other stuff too for us. So, Luckily, I get to I get to see her a little bit, but yeah, I sure did miss the kids when I was gone for all that time, and uh, you know, the rest of the summer has been pretty much the same, just a lot of traveling. So it's been it's been good. I mean, it's been been good because we know how important the project is, but obviously, yeah, tough as well. You and I had talked a little bit the last time you were on um, that you were beginning to see what we have been fighting against. Now. <laughs> What do you think now? Well, yeah, we just kind of 
stumbled on some other stuff here like a couple of weeks ago that we thought was pretty crazy. I mean, it's it's getting deep. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to starting to wonder if I need to get like a security guard or something like that at some point because we're we're talking about trillions of dollars and influence from some pretty pretty powerful people and you know you start to wonder like is this dangerous should we be making a film about this topic you know i mean is this is this something that like you know do they kill people for for exposing stuff like this you know you always you kind of wonder a little bit but yeah certainly it's i don't think it's completely what people think it is you know i mean it is but i i think it's pretty complex and there's a lot of different things that are stacked against vaping i mean no other invention um, and my personal understanding of the history of the world has ever faced so much scrutiny and, and, and discouragement as this. I mean, when, when Coca-Cola decided to, to, to mix sugar and carbonic acid together to make a, a drink, no one seemed to have a problem with it. You know, when, when they made automobiles that can go 100 miles an hour and give them to 16-year-olds, no one seemed to have a problem with that and yet here we have a you know device and a intervention that can save a billion lives and and here we have the practically every politician and public health person in the world screaming and crying about it you know that doesn't just happen on accident that means there's something going on um most new inventions and things like this do not no one seems to really even talk about them until they're very massive yet this thing was immediately getting attention from the FDA being, you know, getting, you know, the, the, the shipments are being seized at the ports and attempts to ban the stuff and being banned all over the world. I mean, all over the world, this, this invention has been banned. So, I mean, these things, you know, they just don't happen. They don't happen without some really powerful forces behind, behind, uh, you know, the other side. So yeah, we're, we are unraveling it and just kind of, kind of scary. Yeah, it's scary. And I have a lot of people um, that are friends of mine in real life um, that are not vapors. And I have had more than a couple ask me where I got this tinfoil hat that I wear. And, and, and they really, because they don't know any different. Um, I, and I, on Monday nights here on VP Live, I co-host, um, I'm a sidekick for Anti-Nanny with Raven Grimm. And Jan tells people all of this horrible stuff that's going on in the world that you don't see in the mass media, um, that you should. And it's basically, it gets buried underneath of, of nonsense most of the time. I walked in the bank mm-hmm. one day, and one of the girls at the bank looked at me. She said, you know, Jeannie, I really thought you were cra- you were just losing. I thought you were crazy. I said, um, about <laughs> about what? And she's like, I, I she, she says I started looking into this stuff that you posted. She goes, that stuff's really true. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I'm I'm not lying to people. <laughs> and, <laughs> But if they don't, I mean, prior to you starting this, I mean, you're not a smoker. You're not a vapor. Um, You know, you looked at this for what was going on, and you didn't really know a lot about it. And then you got into this, and you're like, oh, huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the rabbit hole keeps going deeper. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that people talk to you like you're crazy. Well, you're actually a vapor. Imagine what people are saying to us. (laughs) Like what? What are you doing? Like, uh, what are you doing? Uh, like, what? Don't you know those things are bad for people? Like, I got friends of mine that are doctors telling me that I should probably be careful about putting my name on this because at some point when the truth comes out, I'm gonna look stupid. And I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, like, how how crazy is this that they have really gotten people? so far from the truth you know obviously we know vaping isn't like drinking water or breathing pure oxygen we know that but it is a far cry from smoking cigarettes and only a literally only an idiot when they stop and think about this wouldn't understand that like i mean that i mean this is such a simple concept unless there is some sort of crazy chemicals in in e-liquid which they've already had like hundreds of studies about this there's nothing that crazy. We're talking about little minor 
minor percentages of, of danger or whatever. Minor percentages. Like, is it 95% healthier or is it 99% healthier or or what? We're not talking about is it 1% healthier. You know, for for people to be even having discussions about whether or not we should be banning this or, you know, I, I don't know, it takes a lot of some really serious coordination to get an entire medical community and an entire public to think that something is unhealthy when when it's probably the the most healthy choice that any smoker could ever make. And that is that's the point. Um, and the, they keep playing this save the children card because it's mm-hmm. really about the only thing that they have left. And in the United States, especially, and I don't know about worldwide. Um, I've you know I've been out of this country, but I have not been overseas. Um, for the most part. If they want to get something pushed through, if they want to make something illegal, if they want people to think it's bad, all they have to do is pull out that save the children card. And oh, yeah. and it's it's absolutely insane what they're trying to do. Um, and that's from a right, paper's just perspective. Save the children, right? Who wants to fight saving children? But I guess I do at this point because I feel like it's disingenuous. You know, it's not, they're not saving children, they're hurting children. I mean, when you're talking about, yeah, you you have all of these children who are living in smoking homes, but you got to go, and did you get into this, I mean, where it goes even one step further, where now they are trying to, if you're a renter, there are places that are telling you that you cannot smoke or vape inside your home. So, I mean, we have gone, yeah, that's the, the outdoor well, I mean, bins, that's the the outdoor I mean, bins make how, no sense to me, you know? Um, I mean, how dumb, how dumb is this, you know, you go back to the kids, I mean, how dumb is it to say we're trying to help kids when there's basically no proof that I've seen that kids are trying vaping and getting addicted to vaping on, on its own. I've never, I've never seen one study yet that says, like, oh my goodness, kids are just trying vaping and they're getting addicted. No, they're trying smoking. If they do vape regularly, it's probably because, or it's at least my understanding of the studies and research I'm seeing is that they, it's because they started smoking and then they switched to vaping. So you have kids, if you ban vaping, you have kids that will smoke, you have kids that will lose their grandparents and parents, and you have kids that will be living with secondhand smoke in their homes. Like, this is nothing about, you know, nothing about kids. And... Uh, it just makes me angry. Now, it's ridiculous. I saw when you posted the update, and by the way, that poor little donkey that you found out in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that, huh? Yes, I saw oh, that. Oh, you saw that donkey. Did you see the donkey that I met? The one when you were searching for cell signal? Uh, well... Well, there's that donkey, but there's actually two other donkeys that, uh, if you look at, I mean, I posted on my own Twitter that uh, I kind of stumbled in on them uh, on accident. They were having a little bit of fun, but uh, yeah, I didn't know if that's the one you meant. And then somebody oh, no, took, no, yeah, no, not that. <laughs> some some critic of the film took this picture and put my head on the donkey's body, and. Uh, so I tweeted out that. That was kind of interesting. So, yeah, I thought that's what you were referencing, yeah. But anyway, sorry that, yes, the donkey in the middle of the... <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had, believe it or not, literally no no internet or cell service unless we climbed the top of a mountain, like not a very tall one, but a mountain nevertheless, or had to drive like 20, 30 minutes into the nearest town. So it was a little weird. We got a lot of work done, though. That was the good news, but it was kind of kind of hard to keep in touch with everybody so well but i guess you know if that's what you where you wanted to go for peace and quiet to be able to edit this film then more power to you i live out in the middle of nowhere so okay yeah i live i live in a place that the only reason i have cell service is because we have a verizon booster that runs through our internet connection Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, or we drive 20 minutes. 
So where you were talking about having to hike up the top of a mountain, um, I I don't have to hike up the top of a mountain, but I do have to have internet to have cell service. So well, I'm, I'm. Well, maybe maybe we should all just uh, come over by you guys and, and no. do some more editing then. No, you don't want to <laughs> do that. No. No. Well, we were not that far from you at one point, right? You're in northern Pennsylvania. Right? Yes. I'm in north central Pennsylvania. I the town I live in sits like a mile from the New York state border, but I am oh, okay. I am okay. in, in the middle of the state. So, okay. like for me to get to a major airport, Buffalo, New oh. York, actually Buffalo, New York is the closest major airport to me. So yeah, I live in Pennsylvania, but I have to oh, drive wow. almost to Canada. To get to an airport, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. Might be tough to come visit you then. Yeah, I you. There's Should nothing drive, here. Drive again. Yeah, there's nothing here, Aaron. There really, there, there's nothing <laughs> here. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. It gives you more time to do this kind of stuff, so that's good. I um, I thought it was really cool that the first place you went when you started this filming was where tobacco originated from. Right. That was really cool to me. Well, I mean, that's where that's where the story literally began. You know, for people that are wondering why, why do we have the problem that we have right now? And I don't mean smoking specifically. I mean... The corruption and the the these attempts to essentially ban vaping. Well, it's it's because you know it goes back goes back a long ways here, and you know even to the beginning of the last century and kind of the history between all this kind of stuff. And so yeah, we really feel like it's important that we actually educate people on, on what happened um, all the way, so that you know that we can begin the discussion on a an intelligent foundation, you know, not just, you know, obviously we know tobacco companies try to sell things that kill people, but there's a lot more to the product or a lot more to the situation than, than just tobacco companies. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you like that. Hopefully, you know, we, we sent out that update, <coughs> that email update uh -huh. um, to people who signed up on a, a billion lives.com. And when I sent out that update saying that we were going to prove for, you know, for that purpose to, to begin the film there and to shoot there and to kind of explain that. We actually had people that unsubscribe, quite a few people that unsubscribed from the <laughs> from the list. And so some people even wrote, like, what the heck are you doing? You know, like, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely something that I think people don't necessarily understand the, the history or, um, you know, kind of how deep this whole thing goes. So, yeah, one way or the other, we're going to tell that story because we think it's important. And to so try, glad you agree. <laughs> yeah, and to try to make people understand that, you know, this is not just big tobacco. You right. Know, you, you, you not only have big tobacco who is financially um, involved in this, but government is financially involved in this, and big pharmaceutical is involved in uh -huh. this, which means all of the big universities that do medical research are involved in this. And when you start unraveling that whole thing, and people are like, well, how that, no, that's not right. But, but it is right. That's the actual truth of the matter is, is there is huge amounts of dollar signs involved in this. And I have said for a long time, it's never been about my health and safety. No. No. Nope, it doesn't look like it's about health at all. It just looks like it's all about money, and and that's yeah. I don't want to live in a in a country or a world like that. So I mean, that's we're gonna do our best to make sure that that kind of stuff is exposed, and hopefully, people, uh, you know, down the world down the road, want that want to make decisions that hurt people um, for money will will hopefully know that you know you're gonna have to eventually be held accountable for this, and people are gonna know. So, yeah, hopefully we can, all of us working together can hopefully make a difference. To, you know, because there's other things like this, too, obviously, we know about, 
you know, not just vaping, but obviously vaping is the one with probably the most lives on, on the line. Now, you guys have been a lot of places. Um, you were in Poland. Now, did you get to Paris for the event that they had? Um, we didn't. We were in France. We didn't actually go to Paris. Um, I'm actually going to be giving a, a talk there later this month at uh, uh, Vep Expo at, in Paris. On uh, I believe oh, I'm living here, uh, Milwaukee. I believe on like the 19th of September. I'm going to be um, talking, uh, speaking there. So I will. We will be in. Uh, Paris, primarily just myself, but I'll probably try to get some footage as well over there and, and meet with people and talk. I mean, um, France is, is a big is a big country in the whole vaping world. They they have a lot of a lot of vapors, a lot of vape shops, and they're very passionate about it. So, well, and uh, I know we really think it's you were at you know. UK Vape Fest also. Right. Um, yep. We actually uh, made it to UK Vape Fest and met a lot of folks. There was. A lot of folks from France there as well. Yeah, that's probably one of the larger, um, you know, vaping events in in all of Europe. So there was there was quite a few people from all over Europe there, and um, we had a chance to meet a lot of them as well. So yeah, it's <clears throat> it's been good to to uh, you know meet people from all over because I mean obviously there's different things going on over in Europe. You know they have this thing called the TPD, the Tobacco TPD, the Tobacco Products Directive, where they lumped in. Um, e-cigarettes in with their tobacco rules that they're remaking and limit the size of the bottles. They're limiting the type of, you know, vapor pro- or vapor devices that people can use. They're they're doing quite a few things, and um, it's really going to be it's going to be devastating. So we really wanted to be over there too as well and hear those stories and include that with the story. Obviously, the United States has the most. The most vapors in the world, but obviously all these other countries are are not far behind with the number that they all have together as well. So, yeah, it's a worldwide pro- problem. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and we think we have it bad here, and we do. And I'm not I'm not making light of the plight that we're in here in the U.S. But I mean, there are other countries that have a much larger fight on their hands. I mean, Australia, the vaping laws in Australia are kind of off the wall and um, right. in China, um, which is really kind of funny considering they're the <laughs> biggest manufacturer of these devices. Um, that one really throws me for a loop. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, in Australia, yeah, they're, uh, I was told by an Australian doctor <laughs> who vapes, uh, by the way, that um, like their their laws are similar to um, the laws that they have for heroin, and that it's it's actually a crime. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's crazy. And in Brazil, actually, uh, about a month ago, um, one of our one of the people that's following the film um, from Brazil actually messaged us and said that uh, a vape shop that they they had been going to, um, the federal police actually raided it and arrested the owners. And they were in prison. So, I mean, this is this is craziness. I mean, why on earth would you? I mean, super. We're, we got people in places legalizing marijuana, and we got people locking up people for vaping. I mean, I don't. It just seems like so many different, so many different uh, types of approaches to freedom, you know, and, and choice. It just doesn't just doesn't make sense. It's crazy. Now, what are your plans here on out? Are you done with filming all the footage that you have and you're in the the final editing process? And I don't mean to say, like, this is tomorrow. I just mean... Oh, right, right, right. Well, we are, we are for the most part, done filming. We have um, a couple of interviews um, that we have scheduled yet. But for the most part, by the end of this month, we're going to have a pretty good, a pretty good start in the film, and we'll be um, we'll be sending uh, you know a version of the film to uh, a major film festival for consideration for our premiere. So that's <laughs> that's kind of been our main push uh, this month is actually that getting it, getting it done in time for that. Um, but we actually will. <laughs> probably still be 
doing some filming and minor little things throughout the rest of the year to make the film better until the end of the year, which is when we'll definitely have it finalized by. So, yeah, I mean, it's for the most part, we're done filming. Yeah, I think that's safe to say for the most part. But um, if we get a chance, if we have any any more whistleblowers come out of the woodwork or anybody, um, there's there's one uh, major one major uh, character in this whole this whole story that did agree to be interviewed. So we may be maybe going to interview that person. I won't say who it is yet because not even sure if they're actually going to do it or not because you never know with some of these people. But uh, yeah, yeah, we have uh, so little things will pop up. We'll, we'll film them because we just our goal is to finish the film 100% by the end of the year. Oh. Um, but we are going to have, like I said, a pretty good version done by the end of this month. So, yeah, so that kind of gives us a good three months to make sure this film's the absolute best possible film that could be made. Um, did you happen to see, I think it was while you were editing, um, what happened in California? Yeah, um, and I was... Was, was that not the craziest the place, thing you've yeah, ever I seen? Yeah, I saw it a little bit. Oh, sorry, what was that? Was that not the craziest thing you've ever seen? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, I didn't understand why. Why is there so much craziness going on in California? I guess in some ways, because um, it's a large state. But I also, you know, we were doing a little bit more digging into into why California, and we were finding some other interesting things out. So yeah, it's uh, starting to make sense to me now. But yeah, how crazy is that? I, gosh, I, and I think that's unfortunately unless people vapors specifically and people that care about other people start getting louder and start doing something about it um, you're going to see a lot more of that happening because of course politicians want to be reelected, so that's their main concern but they know for the most part that with the, a lot of money they can constantly be reelected, and so their main thing is focusing on money and so unless they really feel like they're at risk of being you know booted and, and someone else taking over their spot they're going to keep doing these things so i'm not surprised by it and i think uh for the most part people around the, the country and around the world need to get ready for it this is happening they're your, your vaping freedoms are going to be disappearing here and uh the only way around it is if people get a very loud voice and start doing something about it i know when we were when we first saw that california stuff starting i think it was like three months ago <clears throat> We were tweeting out and asking people, hey, where are the protests? You know, we want to come film the protests. We assumed that people would be protesting this. No, nope. everyone said, oh, there's no protests. There's nothing. No, not really. You know, there's nothing. I know now this past month there were people going to these things and that there was a little bit more of an active group, which was really great to see. But three months ago when this first happened, there was nothing. And um, let's just, you know, I don't know, people... People around the country and around the world, they need to wake up. This is happening. You're, there is a lot of money at force here, and your lawmakers are going to be making laws that hurt you. And unless you wake up and you start getting very loud about it, that's what you're all going to be dealing with at some point. Maybe if it's not this year, next year, wait for this FDA stuff to happen. Once the FDA decides to start doing things, then all the other states are going to say, look, the FDA, the FDA, the FDA. And and then it's going to be over. So it's time. It's time to get loud. Yeah, there has been um, a lot going on lately with um, people that work for the FDA going in and checking tobacco or checking vape shops and asking to see their business license and asking them if they sell tobacco. And fortunately, all of these. Um, e-cig shops are smart enough to know that no they do not sell tobacco and that they're letting these inspectors know no we are not a tobacco shop um, I just right. find it really odd that prior to any regulation actually being passed and in force that they're doing this um, it, it really does surprise me. I mean, I, I kind of want to think that they're only doing this so that they can be out there and try to get a better idea of how many of these shops there actually are. Because I really don't think they 
understand how many vape shops there actually are. I don't I don't think they know that. Yeah, I think they know everything. I think they just don't they don't care. They have other they have other plans. You know, it's like if you think about it, you want to have a job. Most people want to have a job and if their job is in the health industry or they want to be lobbyists or whatever they want to be when they get done with their current job, you know, they know they have to get along to have to play along to get along and to keep their job. So a lot of these people a lot of these people know what what's going on. I mean, I just saw, we, we just saw some uh, report from one of the guys that works for a federal agency where he said uh, they made up or they, they cut out some important data because, because they, uh, they were encouraged to do that because it led to a better result. So if you have federal health agencies that are doing this kind of stuff, I mean, they know fully well what's going on. They know there's a lot of vape shops out there. They know what, they know what vapors are doing. I mean, these people, I mean, the, the vaping people are all over the Internet talking about what they do. And there's a lot of commercials for vape shops. So there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. And it's weird because every time I've been in a vape shop, I've never heard anything about tobacco. I've never seen anybody selling tobacco. So I'm not even sure why these guys are out doing those inspections. It seems, seems just insane to me because they don't care about, they're the ones that say they don't care about you know, one story, you know, or one, I remember the word they were using. Um, shoot. Yeah. Like one story, they says not stats, you know, or, you know, stories are not, or anecdotal. Yeah. They say anecdotal evidence. Well, going to visit a couple of vape shops and even if they were selling tobacco, that still would only be anecdotal. So for them to, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I mean, going to visit some vape shops does not sound like a, an intelligent way to make policies. Because um, what if those vape shops weren't great? You know, luckily, luckily, almost every vape shop owner I've ever run into absolutely despises tobacco in the industry. They have no intentions of selling it, and they care a lot about the people that come into their shops. So, hopefully, the FDA people saw that. But honestly, I don't think they care. They're they were told to go there for only one purpose, and that was probably to see if there was anything bad going on that they could talk about when they made all these rules up. That's probably, in my, my professional opinion, the only reason that they were probably out doing that was because they are looking for some bad things to say and, so that they look better when they actually come out with the rules. And here's the thing that really floors me. Their biggest drum that they beat on after Save the Children is that Big Tobacco is again trying to um, get an entire generation <coughs> addicted. Now, the funny, the funny part about that is what they're talking about regulating out of existence is the open systems like most of us use. Right. The products that they're talking about leaving on the market are the Sigalikes, which are, oh, that's right, they're the big tobacco companies. And it and right. it just floors right. me. They want us to talk about how evil big tobacco is, yet the regulations that they're trying to push through are going to make it so that only big tobacco has a vapor product out there that's legal. Well, right, and that's the funny thing is because it's just like politicians say things when they're campaigning, but then they don't do it. I mean, I mean, I believe the. And I'm not really big into politics. I don't like to get into that in our film. It's not going to get into like politics specifically on parties. But I, I know I remember President Obama um, saying that he would put that no lobbyist would work for his administration. Well, the guy running the FDA right now was a lobbyist for Big Pharma, like literally right before he took the job. <laughs> so, I mean, that's like that's a fact. That's not even a disputed thing. So, yeah. You know, so that's great. People say a lot of things. Like, they say big tobacco because they're trying to market. They're basically doing marketing is what the FDA is doing. Or, or any of these people that are trying to regulate e-cigs out of existence are basically just doing marketing because they're making, they decided they want, they need to do these things for, for the, the money conflicts that they're having. And all they do then is come up with, well, what's the best way to market an anti-e-cig decision that we're going to make? 
well, let's save some kids and let's blame big tobacco. It doesn't actually matter if any of that stuff will help kids or hurt big tobacco. Their their particular, you know, whether their particular regulations are going to, you know, help kids or hurt tobacco. They don't care about that. They only care, will that help sell the message to the public? And it's working great because the average human being that runs around and just looks at their phone for a quick update here and there, looks at Facebook, sees some cute cats and their neighbor's kids, like, they're not looking into this stuff. They see, oh, save the kids. Well, they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm done with saving kids. All right, next, oh, there's a cute dog. Okay, oh, Trump is saying some things funny today. Like, nobody's really, really looking into this. And so as long as they keep spitting out simple, powerful, emotional reasons for why they're doing this, they're not going to have any problems unless people get really loud on the other side, really loud. And right now, obviously, you know, people from the FDA are highly respected by the public for the most part, and the public's eating it up. And that's, as long as that keeps going, this is going to keep getting worse, probably. I I am, I'm not anti-government. I, I wouldn't say that I'm anti-government. I am anti-big government. Um Right. <laughs> and, and and I say that well, because it seems from everything I have seen in the in the years that I have paid attention to politics, which has been since the tenth grade, um, which was a long time ago, in case you're wondering. Um Oh, I thought you were just like fresh out of college. Yeah, thank you. No. <laughs> government government is like this big money hungry machine that that just needs to create more money so that it can grow bigger government. And that's not helpful to anyone. Right. Well, if you think about who is, what is government, well, government is a bunch of people. And who are these people? These are some of the most ambitious people in our country. They're very ambitious people. They want to keep getting bigger, do more, be more powerful, be more important. So the only way to get more money and to be more important in a job where you've got to get reelected every two or four years or six years is you have to have a lot of money behind you. So essentially the nature of politics with all of these ambitious people is that they keep getting tied into interest groups that have a lot of money. Well, in many cases, those interest groups are the groups that are against vaping. So, yeah, and, and also, you know, the size of government keeps going up because of all of the reasons that these guys find to, to expand things because of their big money partners that are kind of saying, hey, you know what, let's let's regulate some more stuff. I mean, one of the one of my my big positions lately has been that I think the reason why the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer is because government is getting bigger and it's making it more difficult for people to start their own companies. You know, you look at vape shops. I mean, now we're talking about making them have to fill out huge amounts of paperwork to stay in business and all this other kind of stuff. Well, the only people that can afford to deal with really big, or you know, with a lot of regulations and big government are big companies and rich people. Those are the only people that can afford to do it. And everyone else got to work for those people if they can't afford to, to deal with the government. So I think, you know, you see that here even with this, with the vaping industry is that they're going to make it tougher to be in the vaping industry. Just like they made it tougher to do a lot of other things by creating all kinds of rules and yeah, I mean, it's just it's going backwards. But it does help the big companies to have more regulations. I know people think that's kind of crazy, but big businesses love regulations because it keeps all the small guys out. And I completely agree with that. Um, you know, it's that's crazy. that's exactly how it happens. Um, right. Poor people don't get rich unless they can get a foot in the door and big business has made sure that it has paid enough lobbyists to convince enough politicians that it's better for them to be in control because they'll help the government um, and they've slammed doors in the face of small business um, right. it's happened over oh, yeah. and over yep. and over Absolutely. again right. and I grew up in a fairly poor family of eight kids so it's like I see the same thing. You know, you want to have success. Well, that's a pretty difficult thing to do in America right now unless you have 
unless you have money because you're almost certainly going to need lawyers and all these people to help you deal with all the ridiculous regulations that exist in almost every single industry. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's a whole other story. Though maybe I should make a movie about that after this. Did, did you just say you were one of eight children? Yeah, I'm the oldest of eight kids. So, yeah. Yep. So you got to babysit a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was I was pretty, you know, and I've got two of my own kids, so, you know, having babysit seven kids under me, although I have to advance the second and third were pretty close to me, you know, a couple of years, so I don't know if I was babysitting them much, but um, certainly all the rest of them, and, uh, yeah, lots of, you know, I got to experience a lot of kids, when I had my own, that was pretty, pretty convenient, pretty much was already experienced at it, but, yeah. Yeah, my brother, uh, my brother Shem, is one of my siblings. He's actually a uh, producer on this film as well. So yeah, it's uh, he was with you with quite a bit. He was with you in Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was in. Yep. He was with uh, with us in Chicago and a couple other. A couple. He he's been on about half of the filming trips, and we have some other producers that have gone on the other ones and. Whatnot, but yeah, people have definitely seen him him around for sure. But yeah, that's actually my brother. A lot of a lot of Bieber's involved with the film. <laughs> I have um, I have a bunch of siblings, um, but it's because my dad went through, my father went through a lot of wives. Oh okay okay. Well, it's yeah, we luckily. Uh, Luckily, just had one one mom and one dad, so that was probably even more crazy that we had so many kids. <laughs> yeah, we got no good story for a while. Other than my, my parents that they really liked kids, so. <laughs> um, I guess that's a good reason. If you're gonna have a lot of kids, you should probably like them. Yeah, I I grew up with my um, my mom and my my stepdad, my dad, um, and my one sister, and. I really cannot, I can't fathom having seven brothers and sisters under the (laughs) same roof all at one time. Uh, My sister and I used to fight like cats and dogs. I mean, terrible fight. I, I, yeah, I have four children and. Oh, you have four, okay. Yeah, I have four. And um, I've got six grandkids now. Um, the ninth, oh wow! Yeah, the nineteenth of September. Um, my daughter's getting married, which is going to give me on that day two more grandchildren. So, oh wow! Um, camp is we go to camp. We camp on the Seneca Nation of Indians um, down on Kinzuadim, and it's really funny because when my kids were growing up, when they were teenagers, they could. They could find all kinds of creative ways to get out of going to camp for the weekend, you know, going to whoever slumber party and whatever. And what's hysterically funny about that is now that they're all grown, I only have one child left at home. And now that all of my kids are grown um, and they've got kids, you know where they're at every weekend, right? They're at camp with me. Right. Turn out those priorities change once they have your own kids. Yeah, and it and it gets really crazy with all of the little kids running around and and their parents are like, Oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Oh, don't. I'm like, they're little kids. It's camp. They're outside. Let them run. Right. That's what yeah, they, I think. Uh, yeah, most kids don't really they don't get outside a whole lot anymore. So it's probably it looks like you trained your your kids pretty good to let their kids outside. Yeah. Um, my probably just need to relax a little bit. Sounds like. Yeah, it was really funny with us because um, we limited our kids to how much TV and video games they were allowed. Oh, well, that's... My, my mom would let me uh, play video games, but every once in a while I would, and I actually would rub my... Uh, it was... it was I played so much when I didn't have a Nintendo that I actually would have to wear gloves because I was wearing the skin off my thumb. So, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, that's a whole other... Yeah, I am... Um, whole I other just, story. I just think that that there is this whole big disconnect happening now um, because that division between poor and rich is getting wider and and we're kind of, the middle class is becoming this rare thing. 
you know, you've got all of these families that, that are trying to um, provide a certain kind of lifestyle for their family. And so that means mom's working all the time and dad's working all the time. And now you've got these kids that are on these video games all the time. And we have, we have a childhood obesity problem that everybody wants to blame on McDonald's. They don't want to blame it on the fact that parents are always working and the kids don't have anybody there to tell them, don't play that damn video game. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it's just easier to blame McDonald's and, and things like that. And we, vaping has made me aware of a lot of different things now. Um, where... I really wasn't, I wouldn't say that I was politically active prior to this. I didn't really get into um, the right and wrong of things that didn't concern me. Where now I notice all of these things. And government, to me, gets away with what it gets away with because they will pick something like vaping, for example. That, you know, you've got over 80% of the population that is are non-smokers. So, this 80% right, of right, the right. people, they don't really give a shit if vaping is banned. They don't care. Because it's, right, right, it's right. not something that they do. Well, then the next thing that they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, well, you know what? The, the energy industry, because energy is an industry now, um, you know, the energy industry isn't getting big enough profits, even though, you know, a lot of the oil companies have claimed the largest profits in history um, in the last decade. Um, but, you know, these guys don't have enough money. So, you know, w- you know what we need to do? We need to get the EPA to ban wood stoves. We need to get the EPA to make these regulations that are so strict that it's going to it's 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 going to make eighty percent of the products out there that are going to use a renewable resource. We can't have that. So let's just make these regulations and make these wood stoves impossible to get to market, because then you know big energy is going to make more money. And they like right. to pay the lobbyists. Well, well, that's the thing about minorities, you know, is that minorities are always at risk if people are willing to let minorities be, you know, attacked in one way or the other. Like the people who own wood stoves, they're not the majority of Americans. So if the majority of Americans don't care if stupid laws are made about wood stoves because it doesn't affect them, then wood stoves are in trouble. Same with vaping and same with all this other stuff. So... That's one of the things that frustrates me is when I, you know, I did a, a live broadcast where I, someone asked me a question like, why, you know, why are you doing this film? And I explained to him, I said, a billion people are going to die. And then also I see these comments popping up like, well, who cares? They chose to smoke. Like, let them die. Like, all these things. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. What is wrong with you people? Like, because you don't, because you don't smoke or you don't vape. Like, you don't care if people die? I mean, what the, what is going on here? You know, and so, <laughs> overall, you know, what this this whole situation is actually more of a problem with society than it is even with the government or big pharma because the easiest way to fix this solution would be to elect people who cared about it and dealt with it. But we can't. We can't do it. We're not electing people who care about this, this situation. Um, and partly that's because people don't, you know, other people who are non-vapers and non-smokers don't care enough. And so that's what happens. It's the, you know, the tyranny of the majority. You know, if you're not in the majority, you don't get, you don't get, um, you know, you don't get to do it, what you need to do. And in, in some cases, obviously in some things, no one really gives a rip about, you know, like the 1% of people that like certain kinds of board games or whatever. I mean, no one, no one really cares about that. But whenever it comes to something important, if there's big financial, you know, situations going on and the majority of people don't have an interest in it, those people throughout history have been have been kind of screwed. So, yeah, that's what you're seeing here. Yep, and 
I guess I am I, I'm kind of thankful because now I pay attention to that stuff and and my friend Jan who is one of the the smartest people I know she likes to say she's not she is um, she points out all of this stupid stuff that goes on and I'm like well you know what that really doesn't concern me but I should care and I need to care about this because that's <laughs> right. sooner we or later. care about our neighbors. I mean, I don't know where where it all be, where it became, you know, a, a thing, a point in in the history of humanity where we said, um, I don't care if my neighbors are going to die because they smoke. I mean, I, especially when seventy percent of smokers want to quit. You know, I just don't know where that just goes against my values. That you know, to say that certain people are dying but they're not my people. I'm not one of them, so I don't care about them. I mean, this is atrocious. And, and you know, you wonder why there's mass shootings all over the planet and why all this stuff, mass killings and all this stuff happening. All it's because, because we've, we have a culture, we've taught people that, you know, human life maybe isn't as valuable as, as it should be. And so we, we let people, we let people, you know, do these kind of things. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, I I really I cannot um, thank you enough for taking time out of your life to make this documentary and to actually care about a bunch of people that you're not one of. Right. Well, I mean that's well. You're welcome for that, and um, I think it's it's a great honor, and actually. I feel like it's a privilege and, and something that I'm thankful that, you know, that, that the Bayfin community sees that, you know, because for me, the worst fear that I had going into this was that we were going to make a film that could save a billion lives and that nobody would care. You know, that, that, that was my, my fear. I don't think that's the case anymore. There's been so much great stuff and, and all you folks who are listening and I, I, I've really gotten to know you guys over the, the internet through all the great interactions and and let me tell you you guys you guys just make me smile and you make our whole team smile and we each you know check to see what's going on out there and and you guys are sharing you know on facebook our our uh you know our announcement video has like 500 shares and i mean wow i mean this is this is special so i mean it as long as you guys use the movie and you do something with it i think it's going to be one of the greatest honors of my lifetime that I, I got to help give a voice to the people who didn't have one, a loud enough one. And um, I think together we're going to have a pretty loud voice. So I am pretty excited about that, despite all this doom and gloom. Uh, I think we are going to change the world, and I, I think it's because of the enthusiasm of you guys. And, uh, I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, it's not every day you get to change the world, and, and we're going to do it. So thank you for having me on the show, and, and thanks for the continued support, Jeannie. I know you have been one of the biggest advocates for our film and for the vaping community and honestly it's a great honor to be on on your show and and to see your support because that's not something i take for granted you know there is a lot going on in this world and for people to take time out of their day to see how we're doing and to share what we're doing means everything so thank you well um and we owe you and by the way this i'm just me this this is uh, no <laughs> well one big one big team here um but yeah i mean and I I had reposted um, the intro blurb that you put up, the video, and I said, look at this number of shares. This just cannot be right. And it, and it was really funny, and I really, it made me feel good to see how many people re-shared that. Um, and I, right. that's the biggest thing that I have tried to tell people for so long, is the only thing that you have asked us for is support and to put right. out there what you're doing. That's that's all that we have been asked for. And I share everything I see from you guys that comes through my news feed. Constant, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on you're Facebook. You're the best. I see your name all the time. It <laughs> makes me smile so much. I love it. Um, you, you have Literally, that's what I said on your show last time. I said the only thing we need is we need people to care. We need them to help spread the word to help make this film worth it. We'll take care of everything else. We budget enough money. We have, we can make the film, but we can't, we don't have enough money to market the film. Like we need everyone's help. And I have been so honored. I've been so honored. It's been so amazing. I mean, it's just crazy. Every, 
every time we put something out, it's just shares and retweets, and it's just great. It's great. Well, young man, I I wish you all the best. Um, I hope all your editing goes perfect for you. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I know there are a lot of other people out there that are really looking forward to seeing this. And I'm sure your your wife is probably really looking forward to being able to see you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. A lot of uh, a lot of looking forward to things for sure, and uh, you know the once this film is done, I mean the journey just begins in some ways all over again because then it's time for us to actually do something with it. And I'm planning on doing quite a bit of traveling to to help you know help get the film out there as well. So I mean we got uh, you know the vaping committee and myself. I think we're tied in now for a good long time because I kind of feel like I'm part of the family now. So we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We'll well, and if you get a chance, um, if you get a chance to come to VaporCon uh, the second weekend in October um, to Virginia, I promise I won't be scary then. <laughs> well, I, I cannot, I can't necessarily a hundred percent confirm that, but there is uh, there is some very uh, very serious discussion in um, about going to VaporCon. Yeah. So, I, and it was um, funny I, because Tuesday, I, yeah, we're 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 probably going to be there. So um, Tuesday night, yeah, Tuesday night, I did. Um, one of the guys on Inside Vaping couldn't be there for the show, and they asked me if I would sit in with them and and fill in for one of the the hosts there. And I'm like, sure. And and it just so happens that um, the gentleman that you spoke with at Vape Bash. Um, after I had come and said, hey, what are you guys doing? And you came over to the table, and, and James cornered you, and James was chatting away with you, and the next thing I know, you were walking away. And I'm like, what the hell was that, yep. James? He goes, well, I don't know, GD. Maybe he thought you were scary or something. And <laughs> I so, did not. I did not think you were scary. And um, I'm sure I will not think you're scary when I see you next time as well. So, yeah, it's a... Uh... I've not actually met one scary vapor my entire time. Um, yeah, for the most part, everybody's been the most friendly people I've ever met. I think I think that's probably one of the best parts of this community is the friendly nature of it and, and how yeah people are spending a lot of time trying to help people. And I think that's great because you know, I'm pretty sure even though your show is pretty big time, I, I doubt you're making millions from it. You know, I know your heart is out. You're trying to... I don't make anything. Get the word this. out and and spark discussion and just help build this community and and so you know that's just it's just like basically it's what I've been seeing all over the whole industry all over the world every vapor I've met all over the world on four continents has been has been some of the nicest people that I've that I've ever met so yeah, yeah. and so, and it is and I'm, I have I'm a lucky to, guy I never I never in my life thought that. I would be friends with people, I mean, real-life friends with people from all over the country that I'd never met in person. And right. then I started vaping, and, you know, there was a lot of questions that I had. And five and a half years ago, it, it, was, it was a much smaller community. But everybody was just as willing to help then as they are now. Um, and, and, and it's an amazing thing. And they don't government doesn't understand why we are so proactive and why we are so loud and i they just don't understand that for most of us being able to walk away from smoking was a life altering event and, right. and if we can answer some questions for somebody else that helps them make that switch yeah, we're really passionate about that. And they and they just don't understand that. They don't understand that passion. It's it's a shame. I just don't think they're opening their eyes enough because yeah, I mean it's you know, you, you mentioned that about how life altering it is and how excited people vapors are to help share, you know, this good news with these these smokers. You know, what I find to be one of the biggest shames is how many people are now saying that they don't think vaping is safer than smoking because of all the garbage marketing out there 
and and how that's such a shame. There's so many people ready to help, you know, answer questions. There's never been more vapors than there is right now, and yet there's never been more people, more smokers that thought vaping wasn't a good idea. Well, and, and I, this here's, is craziness. Yeah, and here is this thing, and this is the thing that pisses me off the most, is they put out these smear campaigns, and they've done this on purpose, and the the oh, yeah. the horrible horrible truth to that is there are people that made the switch to vaping that are not active in the little part of the what we call a community um and so they're not active in that and they don't realize that these media reports and shit that are going out there are garbage they don't know that and they hear how dangerous this is and and it's so bad for you and there are people that actually go from smoking to vaping and back to smoking because because they put out that big scare and that to me is that's criminal to me right it makes me very angry because it's just just wrong i mean it's it's yeah a lot of this stuff it's funny because they just say it's good business you know but in this particular case it's not not just good business it's actually harming people so it's great when people want to lie about things for their own pocketbooks that's atrocious enough but when it's actually costing people's lives i i don't know i just i can't stand it Rah. well you better not get me too worked up again because uh <laughs> i'll take up your whole show if you do that <laughs> Well, young man, oh. I, I really do want to thank you for coming on. Um, and you actually were the entire show tonight. That's how. Oh, I, I was. Oh, yeah. Oops, okay. No, well. no, no. That's 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 how I planned it. Um, nope, I planned oh. it that way on purpose. Um, I enjoy talking to you. Um, it it is a phenomenal thing, and you have done a you are doing a phenomenal service to us. Um, and I don't know um, if people thank you enough for that. I have I thank people all the time for stuff, um, and it's like the people that work in advocacy. Um, they're always, you know, oh no, no, nobody has to thank us. Well, yeah, they do. They do. Um, you didn't have to decide to make this movie. You did. Um, what your motives were to start with um, may not be what your motives were to to end with. But um, whether that's true or false, you looked at this, you found merit in it, you chose to make this movie about it, you have put a lot of hours of your life into making it. So, thank you. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And thank you as well. I I do agree with you. We need to make sure we're supporting people that are out there trying to make a difference. So, yeah, thank you for thanking everybody. And uh, thanks to everybody. And no... I'm not a dugger. <laughs> I saw that on there. I should get the chat room real quick. But, yes, no worries on that. And, uh, well, you missed the part uh, where they asked you if to... you were one of um, Kate Plus 8's kids. Huh. Oh, Kate Plus 8. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I, I'm glad I'm not part of that family either. It looks like they've had a lot of trouble. So, yeah, luckily my uh, my life has been, for the most part, a lot of kids, but pretty pretty standard. So I've been pretty blessed with that whole with that whole thing, not uh, not having to have a whole lot of controversy in my life, but uh, I guess that's given me a lot of time to focus on uh, projects like this. So, yes. And if anybody has any more questions, of course, you can uh, reach out and tweet at tweet at me. It's just at my last name, or you know, our film A Billion Lives, just at A Billion Lives. Um, we're always uh, always uh, eager to answer questions, and want to make sure we're being open and honest about everything, just like we'd like all of our uh, Elected people to be, yeah. You know? so, so we're gonna try to lead by example. <laughs> yeah, you have you have at Bebert on Twitter. You have at a billion lives on Twitter. You have a billion lives on Facebook. You have a billion lives dot com. Also correct. Right. Yeah. That's where people. You know. That sometimes people. <laughs> I get this. I guess one last thing. Yeah. I get this from people sometimes where they say, "Oh, you're in my. You were in my area. Why didn't you tell me?" Well, we do have uh, email updates that go out when we're traveling and whatnot and if people you know are really interested in the film they should sign up for for those at a billion lives.com because we do like to keep people updated and i think the emails are kind of where we do most of the details just because social media you know it's really more like bite-sized information so yeah don't hesitate to sign up we don't send them out that often but 
um, certainly that's good to keep in contact. And I know once the film, once we get uh, get going on that, we're going to be letting people know where they can see the film. And I'm hoping at so many locations we can never tweet out all the locations. So you're going to have to sign up for email <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to find out what theaters it's at and all that good stuff. So. Well, as long as, you yeah. know, even if it's only, like, in major cities, I'll get to see it. Um, <laughs> if I have to go to Buffalo. Right, because you're nowhere near. Yeah, maybe we'll have it in Buffalo for you. Yeah, if I have to go to <laughs> Buffalo, that's fine. If I have to go to Erie, Pennsylvania, that's fine. <laughs> Pittsburgh, well, that's you know, a, a little far. That, you know, people ask us, where, you know, where's the film going to be? And, and honestly, the, the big wigs that decide all that kind of stuff, like, they're literally the only thing they're really looking at is to see how many people want to see this film. You know, they don't they don't really care if it's a good film at all. I, it's going to be a great film, but they don't care about any of that. The only thing they care about is how many people are behind it, you know. And so as our numbers keep growing, hopefully the number of cities that we show the, the movie in will keep growing. And, uh, yeah, maybe we will have it in a theater near you, Jeannie, even though you don't live in, you live in the middle of nowhere. But <laughs> that will really depend. I mean, we'll probably need a good... 30,000 people following us on Twitter to get it into every every major city uh, or every mid major city. So I don't know if we'll get to Erie, Pennsylvania, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you know. Who knows? We'll see. Um, we're just going to do the best we can right now to make a good film, and then uh, we'll see how everything sorts itself out. I think once we come out with some trailers and stuff, I think people will get really excited because we've got some we've got some really good stuff. This is it's going to be good. So, anyway, thanks again. I'll let you guys get going, and uh, have a good night, and we'll see you all on the Internet. <laughs> Thank you very much, young man. You have a good night. Yeah, you too. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye.